right, guys, it's 2022, August. Coach Grice, I got you right here. You know what time it is. It's high school football season. I'm the guru, Chris Hughes. You're watching the first episode of the 2022 season, Talking Preps Overtime. Coach Grice, it's been a long time since I've seen you. How you doing? Been great, Coach. I mean, I think, you know, one of the big things is that, you know, we're back. I mean, every year we think about, you know, you get through the season as a coach, you know, now as a contributor here on Talking Preps, and you're just like, man, you know, get a lot of time to rest. And I feel like the offseason is shorter and shorter, and we get back on here immediately, and we're ready to go. And I tell you what, Guru, I'm going to say it here. You'll probably hear me say it later. This is going to be one of the most exciting seasons we've ever had in high school sports. I'm saying it right now. Well, we're going to kick off this season for the Talk of Preps Overtime uh, with the reigning uh, state champions, the, the head football coach of Cardinal Givens, the winners of the 4A state championship a year ago. Uh, we've got him on here, uh, Coach Stephen Wright. Coach Wright, uh, we're just going to get off fast and furious. I got the coach right here, Coach Christ. He's probably ready to grill you with some tough questions. Uh, but first and foremost, thanks for joining us here this evening. Oh, no. Hey, listen, happy to be with you guys. Appreciate you having me on. I mean, he's, we got the reigning. I mean, we're starting off, Guru. We are starting off with a state champion coach here. I mean, we're not pulling any punches. We're not holding anything you know, back here in 2022. But, Coach, before we go into the future and talk about your upcoming season, can you give the viewers kind of a glimpse into your past? How did you get into this point of being a state championship coach? Well, I, I tell you, it's been, it's been a pretty wild ride. Um, I got it, Cardinal Gibbons in 2011, and we were a 3A program. Um, we had 80 kids in our program at that time, and um, it's been a really kind of a, a, a long, slow build for us. Um, you know, we've managed to surround myself with a great staff. Um, we've got some exceptional families, a, a supportive administration. And, you know, when you've got those ingredients, you've got some stability, you can build a program. And we've, uh, we've had the privilege of doing that, and uh, we transitioned into 4A and have now made our way into uh, three state championship games the past three seasons and finally punched through and won one last year. Yeah, yeah. You go, and I was going to bring up those state championship uh, runner-up finishes. You know, you had back-to-back -back seasons where you guys were right on that precipice. I played some really uh, tough championship games. And then, obviously, to get to the, the point uh, this past season uh, where you just had a phenomenal state championship game against um, – Chambers High School, uh, what has it been that's allowed you guys not only to consistently stay at that top level, but finally to reach that mountaintop? And now uh, I know hopefully from with your, within your program standards and what you guys are trying to do, uh, just continue uh, that progress and, and to do it year in and year out. Well, I think, I think one, and, and I mean this, uh, part of it's the grace of God. You, you've got to stay healthy. Um, you know, and I've got to give credit where credit's due. And the Lord has really um, blessed us, uh, not only practically with the supportive administration, a great staff of coaches and hardworking kids, but we've been able to stay healthy. And um, as you guys know, that's such a big part of high school football, really football in general, uh, but certainly the high school level um, where, you know, a lot of times you're, you're one deep in most positions. Um, sometimes your fortune be too deep, but, um, you know, that's not always the case. And so, you know, I, I think that is, is one big thing. And then I think too, you know, winning's a habit and it's something that you've got to learn how to do. And that not only comes with hard work, but that comes with, you know, a group of kids that are learning how to win. And then once they learn how to win, you've got to continue to feed that. And uh, we've been able to do that. And I think part of that is, you know, maintaining um, a strong staff 
And, uh, you know, our, our coaching staff is, in my opinion, one of the best in the state. And we've been, I've been able to keep those guys together. Um, I, there's a number of them that could go right now and be head coaches somewhere, but they've, uh, they've wanted to stay with us and continue to push this thing forward. I'll get right into that, Coach. You know, I feel like your your DC Nick Drew has become like a darling of the Talking Prep staff. You know, with our <laughs> contributor Alex Bass, of course, always bringing his name up. I mean, he's again. You know, they, we hear on the collegiate level all the time about hot coordinators and guys that are next up. I mean, he fits right into that mold. Even you know, hearing some of the scuttlebutt around with his name potentially being involved in other job openings. Can you talk about him and even some? You know, one of the great jobs he did, especially with that state championship game. He along with the elements holding that vaunted chambers offense really into you know the inability to do anything all day yeah he he is a hard-working bright young mind in our profession and he has got a a very bright future and we're excited obviously to have him on staff and to keep him as long as we can but um you know god's got something in store for him and i can't wait to see what it is um i just don't want him to take off quite yet but um <laughs> He, he will have a number of opportunities in front of him. And I could say the same thing for our offensive coordinator, Bill Leedy. Yeah. Uh, both those guys have just done a phenomenal job in our program. Bill's been with me since I got there at Cardinal Gibbons, started out as my O-line coach, and then transitioned into becoming the offensive coordinator. And then Nick joined us six years ago as a defensive back coach and then took over um, the whole defense just a year later at the ripe old age of 22 and um, has just done a phenomenal job. So we wouldn't be where we are without those two. I can tell you that. Oh, I agree 100%. You know, talk to him online, of course, with, with your OC leading. I mean, he's a great guy. And I'm, you know, I definitely agree with you there. When you have two great coordinators as a head coach, I think it helps make your job a little easier. Um, but, no you know, question. we got to get into it. You know, we always have within the state, I feel like, the 704 versus the 919 rivalry. <laughs> you know, before Coach Lucas seemed to kind of hold that banner with, with three straight titles three straight titles and being that guy. Now it seems like your team and your, you know, your, you personally are the focus. I mean, we've got the great quote about walking across the street to the state championship game. And I feel like it's really built into a big rivalry, of course, with game one uh, within the uh, 704, within the, uh, you know, the area. How do you feel about being the face of that 919 in the big rivalry? And do you guys talk about that on your side? We don't talk about it much, but I can tell you this. Yes. Wake Forest you know, carried that banner for a long time. Reggie Lucas is a phenomenal head coach and has just done a tremendous job with their program over the years and continues to. Um, we just happen to be the ones that snagged the title this past year. Um, but the reality is, I think there's a lot of great football in both the 704 and the 919. And what I love about, you know, the opportunity to play Chambers early is it's good on good, right? I mean, it's, you're, you're getting an opportunity to really test yourself early against a high-quality opponent. And, you know, we've kind of taken that really over the past probably four or five years. We've kind of we've adjusted our philosophy and said, listen, let's see if we can't go find the best teams we can in the non-conference so that we can find out what we need to fix before the postseason arrives. And so, you know, that's what we're in the midst of doing. I think Chambers has that same philosophy Let's go find somebody good. Let's go play and let's see what we've actually got. Because as you guys well know, you've got a different team every year. And, you know, our team last year isn't showing up this year. 
you know, those seniors graduated. I got a group of sophomores that came in as juniors and a, a freshman that's coming in maybe to help us out on the varsity. But the reality is you've got a different team every year. And I'm excited to see what we've got. And I think getting that early test against Chambers is going to tell us a lot. I agree. And I'm, I'm excited again. I, I'll give you and, and the viewers a secret. This is probably going to be my Grice is right game of the week. Uh, I'll, I'll probably take, I'll take the probably out. It's going to be one of the games and I'll have to add another one just to be fair to everybody. But I think one of the biggest aspects that I'm looking at early is that clearly in both games, as we saw, weather was a key component. I mean, you look at the first game and I would argue that, you know, that, that allowed you kind of to get back, you guys to get back in the game. And then once the rain started, I think you guys had positioned yourself, you know, in that state championship game to be in a position where, Hey, we're up early. We took our shot early. Now let's hang on and kind of let this thing go. However, however it will is weather kind of a, a thing that you guys are putting into play here. We know that, you know, it's the summertime, it's late summer. Thunderstorms are going to be a factor Is staying ready for the long haul. One of the items that you guys are taking to prepare for week one. Well, you know, I think let, let's, let's keep this real, right? We're playing on the same field. We're playing in the same weather and we're dealing with the same circumstances. So, and, and I think what you saw in week one, you saw, a re, in a sense, a repeat in week two. You saw two great teams playing each other and leaving everything on the field. And we just happened to end up on top in the last week of the year, whereas Chambers got us in week one this, this past season. So, um, you know, I mean, weather, field conditions, are they a factor? Sure, they're a factor, but they're a factor for both teams and both teams have got to deal with it. I think maybe the question becomes, how does each team deal with it? And, you know, maybe maybe there is a degree of, you know, what, maybe we handled it a little bit better. Maybe they handled it a little bit better than us in week one, and maybe we handled it a little bit better than them in week 16. But the reality is we're still playing on the same field, dealing with the same conditions. And I think Chambers would tell you the exact same thing. Um, you know, it was so funny to hear, you know, people talking after week one. Oh, well, you know, the only reason Cardinal Gibbons came back was because there was a four-hour delay. Well, listen, we sat in our gym. They sat in the other gym. They didn't get any food. Guess what? We didn't get any food. You know, I, we were all dealing with the same stuff. And so, yeah, but the reality is two great teams played each other, and both games were a dogfight. And they got us in week one. We just happened to get them in week 16. Uh, yeah, Coach, that's always a funny thing. I mean, the rumors the rumors were crazy here in the 704 and Feather Robbery. It said you guys were getting hoagies and Doritos over there while right. Sadie was, was suffering on, on water and, and, and snacks. I don't know, Coach, but – I think right. stories like that feed that rivalry. Uh, now, you know, taking it back into the, you know, to the nine one nine. I mean, I know that you know you guys are the state, you know, state champs. I mean, I know even you look at the seven oh four. You have those situations where a team like Chambers always kind of has that target on their back. You know, in the same thing, you guys having Leesville Road there, getting some guys back too. They're going to be a tough and formidable opponent. And that game was one of the, you know, one of the games that I think gets a guy like Guru excited. One of those tough, gritty games. Not a lot of scoring, a lot of defense. How do you feel about that in the city and kind of staking your claim to be the best team in the city? Yeah, I, I think that's that right. That's always is 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 goal one is that you got to win your conference. Yeah. And uh, you know, Leesville and us have had some battles, and 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 to say it's a rivalry would be accurate. You know that that is has become a big rivalry within our conference. Um, and and as you guys well know, I, we've got Roseville down the street, Wake Forest down the street. You know, you've got. Millbrook down the street. You've got 
a really a, a, a depth of quality here within Wake County, similar to what you've got in the 704. You know, there, there are teams that are just consistently there, that are playing good football, that are well coached, and are going to put up a dogfight every Friday night. So, um, you know, it's exciting because I think the reality is 4A football has come down to three areas in our state for the lar- for the most part, right? There's still Newburn, who's who's going to be outstanding this year. But it's the it, it's the 919, it's the 704, and it's the greater Greensboro area. That's where 4A football lives just because those are the major metropolitan areas. And so, and, I, and that's no slight to Asheville because there's some quality teams there as well. But you guys know geographically basically where these conferences fall and uh, where those quali- quality teams rest. So it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, for everybody. I, I'm like you, Grace. I'm as excited as ever to get back out there. And I think this state just continues to get deeper and deeper, and the football just keeps getting better and better every year. All right, guys, again, we're here with Coach Stephen Wright of Cardinal Kevin's High School with the first week of the high school football season. Coach Wright, I got a couple more football questions, and then we'll kind of let you get on out of here. Uh, first thing, you know, you kind of already touched on it just now with the Newburns of the world and, you know, some of those top teams in the East. Um but, you know, you know, Richmond County is still Richmond County. I think Pinecrest is going to be one of the emerging teams out of the Eastern North Carolina uh, this year. Uh, Rollsville, I think, is going to be better than they've ever been this year. Uh, and with that said, you said a few minutes ago something that I just kind of want to take apart and dissect. I feel like you guys now kind of been to three straight state championship games. You mentioned some of the young players. You know, this is a new team. This is not last year's team, the year before, the year before that. But yet I still feel like Cardinal Gibbons, y'all have a target on your back because of the – you know, the success that you guys have built. And, of course, success breeds success. Uh, but with that said, you know, it's a new team, new members. You know, you might have guys that's been on the team two or three years, but they may be in different spots or plugged in in different places and contributing in different ways. Uh, but how do you take this new team and, and mold them in with the same level of expectations you have against, you know, the Richmonds of the world, the Pinecrest. You know, you got Coach Nick Evans at Pinecrest. They're going to be really good. Rollsville, um, you, you know, Coach Shooping elevated up. They're going to be really good. They're going to surprise some people. Uh, how, how do you do that? Well, I, th- I think it's, you know, and, and I know this sounds cliched, but it's culture and it's building and reinforcing your culture. And I can tell you, we don't make, our, our culture isn't about winning. Our culture is about developing godly young men. That's our goal. And we feel like if we work hard and we, as coaches and as players, and we put our players in a position to succeed, that those wins will begin to take care of themselves. And I think it's, it's been that long, slow build of a culture that's really helped us sustain the success we've had over the past few years. Remember, this is year 12 for me at Cardinal Gibbons. And unfortunately in our state, and listen, you know, here's another vicious rumor, right, Uh, that we're paying our coaches all kinds of money. Here's the reality. I I don't get paid six figures. If I want to do that, I probably better move down to South Carolina, right? (laughs) Our staff is paid on Wake County's pay scale. But the reality is we've been able to build – over a long period, and that that consistency, that stability, and that reinforcement of our culture is what ha- has helped us, you know, I think maintain that success along with an incredible amount of hard work. And so, um, you know, I, I think that is, that's the reality of it. 
it's a lot of hard work, but it's also the consistency of our staff and the time that we've been there. And the kids buy into that. They know what we need to do. And we really kind of hit rinse and repeat in so many ways as we uh, work into a new season. Well, Coach Stephen Wright, I'm going to ask you this, and you kind of segue great into this question. And I hate to ask this question because I know the three of us in this room right now know the answer. It's funny you mentioned that, you know, the pay scale of the coaches and that you guys have an unfair advantage. And, of course, you know, we know it's untrue, but, you know, you've got a lot of the people around the state that are watching this program as we speak who think that the non-parochial schools such as yourself, such as Charlotte Catholic, have an unfair advantage, yet – I listen to you talk and, and you talk about the build of the program and it's almost the same as what uh, Mike Brodowitz has done or Jim Moto before him at Charlotte Catholic. It's the same work ethic uh, process and just doing the same thing over and over and over again. You know, you look at what they do. They, they have the most simple offense you'll ever see, yet they run it to perfection. How, how, how do you address the rumors that people like to say, oh, well, Colonel Gibbons, oh, well, Charlotte Catholic have such an unfair advantage? Well, I, I, I'll tell you this. Um, we had one division one scholarship player graduate one. So, you know, I think one of the first things that people touch on is, Oh, well they recruit. Well, if I, if I'm recruiting and I've got one division one scholarship player graduating from my program, I need to be fired because I'm doing a terrible job of recruiting if I'm allowed to do that. And, and I would say this as well. Do, are there some advantages that we have? Yes, there are. Are there some advantages that Richmond Senior High School has? Yes, they do. They're a one-county high school, right? And so the public and the private schools both have some built-in advantages that the other doesn't have. But I think the reality is, and, and the three of us know this, it is time, it is effort, it is work, it is consistency, and it is long, slow, strong builds that maintain success. And you you got you know this, Chris, because you've got a great historical perspective on this. You look at any high school football program within this state that has had sustained success and there has been one coach there for a long period of time that's put in a ton of work, his kids have bought into a system and they have delivered. And so, you know, it's funny, like, well, like Charlotte Catholic and us, we run two completely different offensive systems, but we've got a similar type of formula in the sense that we've got a coach that's been there for a long time. We've got a staff that stayed intact. We've got a group of kids that work incredibly hard and we've been able to maintain some consistent success over time. And so, you know, it's, um, I don't think there's, it's not, listen, it's not rocket science, right? I mean, it's, it is, it's high school football, but I think there's some things that you have to have in place to maintain that success. And it, they aren't things that anybody else can't have. It's just the commitment that you've got from your administration and your coaches and your kids. 
I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. And, and you, you, you know, it kind of comes down to, you know, I'm a big NASCAR fan. Everybody has the same car. It's just a matter of what you do with it. And that's the same thing with what you guys do uh, with the talents you have. Every school in North Carolina, even the bad programs have talent. It's just a matter of the level of commitment and the work that you're willing to do. You know, everybody wants to do good on Friday night with 4,000 fans watching, but, but the, the true measure of success is what you're doing 4,000 times in a row with nobody watching. Absolutely. So, so I totally That's get exactly that. Right. And one more, one more football question. I know, I know we're, we're running along with you, but I do want to get it in there. I just want to ask you about week one. Uh, I know you guys have Chambers again. You're playing in Rock Hill. What do you think about that matchup? Uh, we're excited. And, you know, I listen, Chambers has got as much talent as anybody in the state on the football field. There's no question about that. They've got a quality staff that's in place. You know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a dogfight. And, um, you know, we're excited about it because we know what they bring. And, you know, I think it's it's an opportunity for us to play a playoff game in week one. And I think that does nothing but help both programs involved. It's going to be a cool experience for us. I don't think we've ever crossed a state line. And we actually are crossing a state line twice in two weeks here to start the season. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great experience for everybody. All right outstanding take on that. We appreciate that, Coach. I got two questions left. They are not football-related. This is just more about you and, and you know, questions that I always love to ask coaches because I want to kind of peek behind the curtain. I want to find out what makes you tick. I want to find out what makes great coaches kick tick. Obviously, I know – we all know that you've got to have a good presence behind you as a coach. You know, you've got to have a strong family. You've got to have strong faith. Obviously, we know that that's very important to you. Uh, you've got a wife that, that probably is as important to you and your success as anyone. Uh, and, you know, I want to ask how you met her because I, I know that she is the um, – Ken to, to Reverend Billy Graham. And, and I was just reading about that. And I just, and, you know, I met her one time and had no idea when you introduced me to her, I believe. And I had no idea, but I just think that that's very fascinating just in how your faith and how strong your faith and everything and connecting with that and your level of success. How, how, how is she so important to you and your program? Oh, she, she's everything. Um, yeah. I mean, the most important relationship in my life is my relationship with Jesus Christ. And the next most important relationship in my life is, is my wife. And we actually met at a fellowship of Christian athletes camp um, when she, she actually was a senior in high school. I was a sophomore in college and I had gotten to know her brother and we just met in passing. But um, when she I, it, when I graduated from college, I actually moved out to Dallas, Texas, and she was a junior at Baylor University. And um, I went down there to watch a football game and we crossed paths. I was like, huh, I think I'd, I'd like to go out on a date with her. So um, I called her up a week later um, and this was pre cell phones, pre well, Internet was just being born. Um, but I called her up on a real phone that was a landline and um, and. We talked. I asked if I could take her out to dinner, and the rest is history. Um, two years later, we were married, and um, and yeah, I mean, she has she has been phenomenal um, as a coach's wife, and and as you guys know, I mean, it's it's long hours in the summer and the fall, and there are family things that you end up missing, but uh, my wife has just been an incredible support. I've got three daughters that have grown up. Um, in and around high school football, 
Two of them have graduated from Cardinal Gibbons. Our third and our last is going to be a sophomore at Cardinal Gibbons. And so um, they've known nothing but really Cardinal Gibbons high school football. And uh, they've been just an absolute um, unbelievable support system for me. And that's the, and my wife has taken the lead on that and cannot thank her enough. Coach, you know, I've got a bunch of teenage kids in my life and, you know, I see them on their Snapchat and talking to their significant others and, you know, connecting with other teenagers that way. I know that at least the two of us, Christ, I think that you might be in that boat too. I remember the days where we had to go through the ultimate gatekeeper of calling the dad or somebody on the landline and say, hey, can I speak to so-and-so? And most often they were talking on the phone, on the landline in front of their family. So, you know, that really controlled what you could say. Absolutely. So probably the fastest my heart has beated over the years is when I called my father-in-law and I, I asked if I could take my wife out on a date and begin dating her. Um, I don't know that I've ever been more nervous than when I, I had to speak on the phone with my father-in-law about dating my wife. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Coach Stephen Wright, we got one last question. I love to ask every coach this that we bring on the program because, again, as a former coach and a crisis coach, we've got a lot of coaches that love this. And, and, you know, we know that, you know, right now a lot of the fans that watch this program, they just care about Friday nights. They care about wins. They care about that 90 or minutes or 120 minutes they see you on that field on a Friday night. But we all know that, you know, the lives that you touch during practice, the lives that you touch in that classroom and within your program are far more important than, you know, the metrics that we see on the field itself. So, you know, Coach Wright's not going to coach forever. You know, there's going to be a day when you decide that you want to go on and chase some other mission, some other dream, you know, live with your family and, and you, you know, move on and let someone else, uh, maybe Coach Drew coach that team one day. But whenever it is that you decide that you want to hang up that whistle, what do you want people to remember about Coach Stephen Wright? You know, what's the legacy that you want to leave behind? Well, I, I hope the legacy that I leave is that, we developed godly young men who are now great husbands, great employees that are feeding back into their community and continuing to do the work that God's called them to do, regardless of what profession they end up choosing. I hope ultimately that's my legacy because you're right. You know, people aren't you know, people going to forget about records, titles, win loss, you know, all of that. And I can tell you this, one day I will leave this earth and I will stand face to face before my creator. And the last thing he's going to ask me about is my win-loss record. And what I hope is he looks at me and says, well done, good and faithful servant. And that I was able to faithfully invest in the lives that he entrusted to me as the head coach at Cardinal Gibbons High School. Well, Coach Stephen Wright, uh, thanks for joining Coach Christ and myself here for this week one edition of Talking Preps Overtime. Uh, you were phenomenal. We enjoyed kind of getting some insight into your life and your program, and uh, we hope we can do it again one time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. Thank you for what you do for high school football and high school sports just in general in this state. And um, look forward to hopefully seeing you guys again. Yeah.